Hey guys! Hello! Welcome back to Wandering into Wellness. So this time around, these are in for a treat. Um, mushrooms. Mushrooms. Shrooms. Yeah. Super exciting because I feel like at the moment, loads and loads of people are getting into mushrooms and into foraging mm -hmm. and there's more and more stuff springing up about like natural local foods and how that they affect us and how they're better for us. And it's just exciting, isn't it? To mm. get out there and be able to pick your own foods for yeah. free. And it's, it's also a big community building thing as well. It feels like a bit of a metal because I mean, the mushroom, we were on, well, I was on three mushroom foraging things. I think we were, you went with me on, with, with Bill. And you get that sense. I mean, when you're in a bigger group, I mean, the, the couple of ones that we did uh, in Kilruddery were, you know, there was like 50 people. Yeah. And so you're meeting up in the morning, you're having a cup of tea. Somebody's going through whether these mushrooms are going to kill you or not, or maybe they mostly will, so don't eat them. Wait till we check them out, you know. And there's this sort of like building kind of fizzy atmosphere early on a Sunday morning. And people brought their baskets, their lovely wicker baskets and some people bought plastic bags and that doesn't matter, that's cool too because <laughs> they're getting reused um, and, and yeah, you get out there and, and as a gang I think you all you, like you disperse and then you kind of come back together again after a few hours of, of foraging and it's so much fun to see what other people have found like some of the massive, like we saw these uh, what are they called, Boletus umbrella, Boletus parasols they're, that's what they were called and like huge mushrooms things that are like beyond Instagram winners you know, they're really amazing looking things and they're just on our doorstep like they're not you don't have to go to mount fuji in japan for these things yeah and i think it's also like um, one of the big things about the rise of yoga is being that it's a personal practice practiced alongside other people and it's very like that isn't it it's like mm. you're going to do a thing you're learning about thing you're doing it in the company of other people yes. but it's a solo pursuit so there's a meditative quality to it which is it's really restorative yeah and so the first time i did a permaculture workshop um, we ran one on the farm in Finlock a good few years ago now and the first thing we did in the day was just walk out into the field and we just stood and we were just like you listen to the first thing so the first things you hear are like the trucks passing on the M4 and then you start to get beneath that and you start to hear that bit of wind in the trees and then you hear the wind in the grass and then you're hearing like the tiniest noises from your digestive system yeah. and then you're hearing like you're like god can i hear those birds on the lake but that's miles away and just all of that lovely kind of settling thing and that has a real residual effect as well i think that, that the awareness the internal external awareness thing realizing that you're part of that environment mm. um, and yeah. that's so much the case with the mushrooms wasn't it because what fascinated me mm. which i didn't know at all really about was the mycelial network stuff that oh, we talked about with Bill yeah. and now I'm just like becoming a big nerd finding out about that. It's, I, like, it's beyond fascinating I mean like it because you know you treat some things around science like it's like when quantum physics comes along and replaces classical physics models and we're told that there's probably a multiverse that we're all connected by this web of energy and yet we still go back to going you know I'm gonna drive in my car I'm separated from that person if you can't integrate these things like with mushroom mycelial networks you can't understand how much you can't take it into account how much these things are like part of our every living, breathing moment. Like we're breathing in their spores. We share like, what is it, more than 50% of our DNA with them, which is more than we share with any other animal, yeah. you know, and any other plant. Like it's, it's beyond weird. Yeah. Like there's, there's, a, there's a, a real shared destiny there with mushrooms. There. And, and not just with us, but with each other. I mean, mm. that idea of them making their own kind of microcosm they've got their community they feed the weaker ones mm -hmm. you know they take stuff from the ones that are dying to feed the rest of it they choose who they're going to give this bit That's to nice. and yeah. this bit to and uh you know it, it gives you a whole template really for looking at community in a different way mm -hmm. in our Absolutely. life and we always assume that things that can't walk and talk and run about aren't intelligent it's quite the opposite i mean like they've just learned like we don't need to walk and talk and run about 
we have lovely subtle communication networks and actually you know as the way it looks like as a human species we're not going to keep going very long on the path we're on at the moment looking at how those guys are doing things like minimal energy input for maximal output yeah. like all those sorts of things that are like very like sustainability to them is like it's way of life they have to use the tiniest things in the most efficient way in order to maximize their environmental use and they have to use each other they have that codependence thing which like yeah. you're saying is a big deal but you had a an interesting factoid uh lydia sass joined the, the dots between um between mushrooms and sperm for us for a second there would you okay so listen to the podcast <laughs> and you're going hear about my moment to do with truffles and sperm and mm -hmm. i would just like to have a little Kind of addendum thing here that i read a book called the food of love uh, a while back and it was talking about all the kind of historical practices through italy and europe around traditional foraging methods or traditional food methods and how in each different area of italy they cooked foods in a different way so in rome it might be all about offal mm -hmm. um, and in the south it would be very different foods mm -hmm. and it came to a bit about truffle hunting and there was this kind of truffle hunt that took place and it all got very um romantic sensual sensual sexual or whatever and um they were talking about pheromones and there was a there was a traditional ritual in the book of men putting their sperm on the base of trees in order to encourage new growth of truffles and so i raised that with bill to ask him <laughs> had he knew about that thinking i would get lots of interesting information and mm. then he looked at me blankly as if i was completely crazy Since come truffles really <laughs> Since then, I contacted the author of that book, yeah. uh, who got back to me to say that he had looked back through his notebooks because he had travelled extensively around Europe when writing the book, and he couldn't pinpoint exactly where he had got that specific story from, but that most of the stories in the book had been taken from old wives' tales or wow. old women in Italy that he had spoken to about traditional mm. rituals. So it is possible, and there, I'm not crazy. There are weirder things in the world than that. And anyway, guys, so enjoy this one. It's a lovely wander. We're out in the Dare Manor, foraging with Bill, uh, having a chat. So you'll have to endure a little bit of me getting to know a steady cam and holding a very heavy rig for like 45 minutes which i occasionally fail at so hopefully enjoy it you get to see a little bit of the outdoors get to see a bit of bill and his expertise he's an amazing guy um, and thanks very much to our sponsors for this one obviously because they are um ruthlessly necessary in all of our pursuits because otherwise we can't keep doing this stuff so we have newsest you guys can hop on to uh, newsest.co.uk and use our code up there um, go, we'll put all the, our codes obviously into the show notes here. Um, who else is our sponsor? Clearlight Infrared Saunas. Mm, yeah, they're our new sponsor. That's very exciting. So Really um, exciting. We'll be doing a podcast from your infrared sauna yeah. very soon to tell you about all the benefits of that Lucky and thing. cold water immersion, hot water, cold water therapy. Yeah. Um, but they are amazing. Really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. Get yourself one. <laughs> Get yourself one or your business one. and yeah. Find a way. Get your community one. I don't know, but I feel like sauna as part of community in Finland and Sweden and Japan and other parts of the world where they, they have these traditions. And actually, it's been a tradition in Ireland as well, which is something we definitely need to raise on a podcast in the future. Um, yeah, that, that, those, are, those are things that you don't have to have just to yourself. I don't want to have mine just to myself, so come and share mine. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> also, Swivel, who, uh, who are very uh, generous to us, they, um, they obviously supplied our robot that you're watching this on now, and uh, it's a fantastic little unit that helps you to like shoot and record and upload and distribute uh, lots of video content, educational content, whatever. Um, yeah, so thanks to them. So we'll put all our codes in the notes below and if you're interested in knowing more, you can also contact us. Hmm. And otherwise, we hope you enjoy listening. Deadly. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, folks. 
Hello. Uh, welcome back to Wandering into Wellness. Welcome. Um, Finn and Lydia on our new mobile camera situation. Let's see how that goes. And we have today our very special guest, Bill O'D, standing amongst us, looking calm. With his phone possibly still on? Hi guys. Was that, was that my phone? Yes. It, might have it sure wasn't your phone. Oh, my phone doesn't make those. <laughs> <laughs> That's my phone, in fact. <laughs> That's people sending me pictures of mushrooms to identify. <laughs> this time of year, I have to keep it on. <laughs> I will believe it. I will believe it. Are you getting a lot of them? Yeah, yeah, we got a good few every day. Okay, really? oh my God. And do you manage to get back to one? What do you like? Yeah, most of them. Fair yeah. And is that yeah. through like Twitter? Is that like, what is it? Well, twi Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And is it, uh, is it the case where you, I mean, how confident are you getting back to somebody and saying, oh yeah, that's a blah, 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 go and eat it? Well, what, what we, we have to be careful. So what we will do is we, we, will, often, we will often know exactly what it is, but, okay. but typically we just direct people to a, a link. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. say, looks like... Honey fungus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Linked to honey fungus. Have a look at this. Because we people have to make their own decision if they want to eat a mushroom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You that's know, the, that's and, the big trick. And certainly over a, a picture, we wouldn't want to be in a position where we're saying to someone it's safe to eat. So, so that's we don't not, do that. Not a fun, yeah. So, yeah. And is there is there laws and legality around it, or like how 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 is it? is it just is it just Ireland being kind of litigious? It's where we got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's any laws and legality. But I mean, okay. obviously, if you were seen to have need to be an expert, and I don't consider myself to be an expert, right. by the way. Okay. Oh, we didn't introduce you. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, the more you know about, about mushrooms and fungi, the more you realise there yeah, is to yeah. know. So even yeah. the even the top people in the world would would all say that they're you know there's a lot they don't know. Yeah, I think I had a, a story from somebody who's in the shop the other day talking about a was it a Spanish lady who was. Uh, was con I, I think considered a world expert, but she uh, only survived uh, chronic kidney damage because somewhere she, one of her family lent her a kidney. There was something quite wow. recently enough, yeah. apparently, and yeah. from yes, eating a mushroom. From eating a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they say that they say that typically the most poisonings are people who know a good bit about about mushrooms. Right. Okay. And a sense of overconfidence. Because overconfidence. Yeah, okay. Overconfidence, yeah. Yeah. My uh, friend, um, I've always had a slight fear about mushrooms because my friend lives on a farm and they um, they had a, a mushroom expert come and guide all of them around and do a mushroom hunt and they collected a load of mushrooms and they all ate them and all of them ended up in hospital that no. with all of them with really bad Every poison. single one. Was <laughs> this in Ireland? England. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, you, you know, I mean, the the there's a famous mushroom hunt in California um, that where all the, the, the professors of mycology and that go to it and it's been going on for decades and they did an exercise so they lay out all the mushrooms at the end and they identify them with labels okay. and they did an exercise where these guys went through and gene sequenced all the mushrooms and they came up with about something like about I think it was 46% were incorrectly identified. Oh my really? god, it's nearly yeah. half by people who know what they're doing. By, by, by the, the top the experts top in, the world, in the world, probably. But, wow. but, but that said, now that said, that wouldn't mean that they were saying that you know a poisonous mushroom was, it, was yeah, edible. Yeah. It, there would be variants and things like that. that okay. Is, but they were. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like species and subspecies. But it's evolving also. knowledge. There, there's so yeah. much. They reckon there's one and a half million different types of fungi on this planet. And, and that's uh, how many different types of plants are there? I, I'm not sure. It's, it's like it's less than that, though, isn't it? It's. I would I say so. Yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah. Wow, that's an yeah. amazing concept to think about. Isn't so, it? And there's only there's only a hundred and yeah. something thousand of them identified. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. 
know. huge, and and they they regularly reclassify fungi as well. I mean, it really relates back to our microbiome as well, where we're like we're dealing with a, an ecosystem of maybe seven thousand different species, of which we know I think half or less than half, and yeah. constantly laboratories are doing assays on like gut analyses and stool analyses. They're coming back like unidentified, 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 yeah, unidentifiable, yeah, yeah. Like, which is bizarre. I mean, it's bizarre. And, and of course, some of those are fungi. Some of those big time yeah, yeasts yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah not just yeah. bacteria. Yeah. And yeah. have you, like, what? How do you treat that relationship between outer world and inner world in terms of our, like, I mean, obviously, what we're what we're putting in our mouths is what makes us as human beings. Obviously, you treat mushrooms as a, a, an important part of that. Well, it's interesting because if you look, say, at the trees around us. Yeah. And you could also we 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 our microbiome is within us, and we can we can walk and and, and get food and consume the food, and we consume it internally through the all the the fungi and the bacteria and, and that in our stomachs. Trees are like the reverse of that, so they can't move, but yeah. around their roots they have the action of bacteria and fungi and fungi in particular. Uh, who, who form uh, these mycorrhizal relationships with the roots yeah, and they're feeding nutrients back into the trees yeah. so it, it's like us inside out yeah. wow. really but it's is. the same mechanisms the, the breaking down of the nutrients is still coming from the, the fungi and the bacteria in the soil yeah. and, you know back into the trees and some of the magic I'd like we maybe get into this in more detail it's like some of the magic of that the, isn't, isn't it true that a tree essentially uh, through its roots the, the, the mycorrhizal uh, network comes to understand what the tree is in need of in terms of phosphorus, nitrogen, the yes. different various minerals, yeah. and essentially goes and finds that within its mycelial network, breaks it down chemically, sucks it up through this like through its little kind of like root network, yes. essentially mycelial network, and then when it gets to the tree, there's a weird thing that happens because it essentially kind of knocks on the door, and then the tree goes, it tree softens its fibers, doesn't it, and allows the mushroom, the mycorrhizal, takes it in to actually enter it, yeah. and then the mycorrhizal feeds off the sugars in the tree or something. Yeah. Like that. There's this like this great yes. exchange that goes That's on. The, the symbiosis. It's magic. I mean, that really is it's magic. It's amazing. Yeah. And all the all the plants place. and trees are doing this with fungi. And all the time. All over yeah. the place. This is why you see fairy rings on the grass and that. That's that's exchanges of nutrients with the grass at the edge of the mycelium colony. So, a fairy mm -hmm. ring. Can you describe what that what that looks like? I mean, have we got any here that we can see? Yeah, you'll like see fairy rings on on any any untreated grass. So okay, in, in so most <laughs> most of you in your gardens, you'll see these fairy rings. And yeah. um, I know you probably think they're due, they're due to fairies and magic, but they're actually not. What? This is magic. It's magic. It's magic. But it's coming. The, it's coming from fungi, and the fungi is is growing through uh, under the under the ground, uh, 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 and it's symbiotic with the with the grass. It has that exchange relationship, and at, at the edge of the the fungal the, the fungal um, mycelium, yeah. you have this. It's, it's exchanging these nutrients, and it's and it's putting up mushrooms when the conditions yeah. are right. Okay. okay. So you often see mushrooms growing in the fairy rings in the in the rich grass. Right, okay, that's where to look for them in those fairy rings. Possibly. Yeah, well, you certainly, yeah, you will, you will usually see mushrooms growing in fairy rings at certain stages, yeah. Ah, uh, that's magic. So, in the autumn, typically. Yeah. yeah. So, it, like, so mushrooms, one of the other things I was um, reading lately, or was actually it was on a podcast, I was telling you about this, I think, um, was that they'd found contents of, of whole proteins from salmon within, like, red cedars in, I think, North America, close, somewhere close to Canada. And they put it down to where they found that it, essentially it's the microrhizome or whatever the, the, uh, the uh, that network the mycelial network yeah that it, that been like when when bears are in the the salmon runs killing salmon uh, they leave loads of bits on the side 
the the mushrooms come and like gather little bits of the fruit and consume them and then send them back through into the tree and the tree gets fed with them like it's it's amazing whole bits of salmon inside tree feeding trees what it's it's wild like it's it's really wild and then there's this this idea of the wood wide web this thing that we have you you know they've figured it I don't know how they've figured it I'm sure they're they're going to learn more but there's a, a, a network of roughly kind of 70 trees at a time that are all communicating with each other quite closely in terms of donation of nutrients from one to the next and so when one tree is dying the right the, the, the mycorrhizum or the, that, that mycelial network will suck all of the nitrogen from it and deliver it over perfectly equal portions to this like the 70 trees around it mm. uh, so, yeah and they can feed the uh, the weaker trees so the younger trees can yeah. be fed in, in times of drought and things they can they can give them priority and through the mycelial network uh, give nutrients to those trees uh, really and not just their own offspring yeah although seemingly they can differentiate between their own offspring and other trees really what? seemingly wow God, I hadn't heard that. That's crazy. Isn't yeah, it? You're not my son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will not give you the nitrogen. But, but you know, it, it brings to mind, like, what is the definition of intelligence? You know, and when you see yeah. the complexity yeah. of nature and what's going on, and fungi is an ideal way to see that, yeah. you realize, you know, there is, a, there is an intelligence there that's Absolutely. beyond the intelligence we, we understand. And, I mean, we, we treat it as some sort of magic, and uh, I think only because we, we can't quite comprehend the level of, of, of intelligence that, that must require. Yeah. And because we see things that, that haven't got arms and legs and don't speak. Yeah. yeah. With well, we are arrogant. We see ourselves as, you know, obviously we're the, the, the superior. Species. You know, we, we call the shots on the planet. Yeah. I love, I love that idea that uh, people are talking about lately that um, that bacteria and yeast inside us are like essentially, uh, they're in the driver's seat. They're yeah. sending neurotransmitters, they're sending signals, they're creating chemicals that decide what our diet's going to be, that decides who we're going to interact with that day. Like, we're essentially, we're the host, we're the host. Yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. about it. We're yeah. not the driver. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, it, we Big part of your personality is the difference in microbiome. Yeah, absolutely. And we share it with each other, and we share it with our pets as well, when we, like, have pets in our home. And yes, we have our dog running around here in the woods. Yeah, we'll have a look at mushrooms. mushrooms. Like looking for truffles and mushrooms. And so she, yeah, she, you trained her to truffle him? He, yes. He, Sorry, cheapers. Like he's a modified he. He's a he's a trained truffle dog, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. How, does, how do you even do that training? It's, it's not difficult. You just, if you've got a... A biddable, trainable dog. You get a little bit of truffle, and you can wrap it in a. We wrapped it in a kind of piece of tissue and uh, hit it. You know, you, you get it. Yeah. So you get to smell it, okay. and then you throw it somewhere, and and he'll go and take it back, wow. bring it back. Most dogs will, and then yeah. you give him a little treat. Yeah. And then you, then you hide it a bit, like we put it under a curtain, and I remember in the sitting room. And then he goes, and he doesn't see where you put it, and you say, get the truffle, get the truffle, and he'll sniff around, eventually you'll find the truffle, retreat, retreat again, yeah. and, and then you keep it up. Okay. And eventually you bury it a little bit yeah. in a flower bed or something, or in the garden, and you put them out in the garden, and we're playing truffle again. Wow, okay, yeah, same thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Great, and um, and so how, how quickly did Musha, like how soon after you started training did he find his We did a few sessions with him, and now he's at the point where I was, I was with a friend the other day, and, and they, they bought these truffles for me to try okay. and they opened the truffle crisps and said oh they always try those and he immediately and he Went doesn't particularly it. like crisps but oh, he's right. going wild and <laughs> I said but, but fold them up and put them away he fold them up put them in his bag 
and there's the dog, you know, wandering around, finds Very the bag, you know, yeah, so he's wow. he's definitely... He's keen for an egg. Oh, he's keen for them, yeah. And is there something, is it nutrient-wise, is it actually something that's good for... No, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that dogs, I know foxes eat truffles, so I'm not sure about dogs. Okay, okay. Probably, I mean, they obviously can, if foxes can. Yeah. Yeah. Truffles I, found everywhere. Yeah, I, I think there's truffles all over Ireland. We, really? we find them all over Ireland. Really? Yeah. Okay. And um, um, why is it we always associate pigs with truffles? What's yeah. that? Because the, the the scent that the truffle gives off, the job of the truffle is to be eaten. Okay. So yeah, it yeah. gives off a scent that mimics the pheromone of a pig. Oh. And wow. so the pigs, the pigs go crazy for it. So it's and a sexual they, thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah because didn't... I feel like... But they're aphrodisiacs. Did you not know that? Isn't there something about in countries where people go and like... Go on. <laughs> I can't believe I'm bringing this up when I know nothing about it. But I remember reading this amazing book about Italian traditions um, around food and chefs and this guy going on this truffle hunt and finding that they would like put sperm on trees in order to encourage more truffle truffles hunting. to grow. Oh, truffles to grow? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You haven't heard that. No. Wow, I know. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I wouldn't have the same kind of friends as you have, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh wow, I did it again. No, I promise, six. it's not a thing I've just no, made true. up. Okay. I'm going to have to... I'm gonna we'll have try to and find a, a reference for this. We're definitely finding a reference. I'm putting it underneath, and then there's going to be a picture of me going, See you, Dodo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dancing around the tree. Yeah. Sure. No, there's like ancient... Because of the aphrodisiac thing, and people would go to the forest, yeah. and it would be a kind of, you know, a love ritual, I would nice. say. So it doesn't yeah. feel like a big leap. No, it's not a goose leaf, it's true, I know. No, it's just when no, you say sperm on trees, suddenly it's a different thing. So tell us more, like, your your hunt this year, what's it been like? Because I, I went on a hunt with you and Kilrodry there at the beginning of October, it was pretty pretty plentiful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got lots of lots of seps and lots of good eaters, okay. good range of mushrooms. Yeah. This year has been a good year. Okay. It, it's been amazingly dry, actually, despite the fact we've had so much rain in really i suppose the, the 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 early parts of october we've had a lot of rain haven't yeah, we yeah, yeah, the yeah, end of true, september yeah. yeah but we had that very dry summer that very dry that spell done the right thing. i don't think we're we're over that yet but it certainly that stimulates i think growth in the trees and then more production of fungi okay so what are the and, exact um, conditions the, the perfect conditions for well i think i i i think a warm summer and then followed by a wet period. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. And you need the moisture for the mushrooms to, to really be produced. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they're just a fruiting body. You know, they're just like the apples on the tree. Yeah. And in the right conditions, they're plentiful, and sometimes they don't produce at all. You know, like people know fields where they would pick mushrooms, yeah. and sometimes they, they don't come. You know, yeah. It's not always the way. Yeah. Is it? Are you finding this year that your hunts are much more full than ever? Is it getting more and more popular? Y yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And we're doing a lot of. We do a lot of, of um, days with with companies, team building, and things like that, where we bring groups out and teach them about mushrooms, and and, and we cook out on pans and cook up some of the wild mushrooms. Cool. And so people are, you know, that's getting more popular as well. Yeah. So and do you think that's the interest in mushrooms themselves, the interest in like foraging, or the interest in like, what, what's it coming from? Probably both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, people are like the idea of foraging food, and then mushrooms are getting getting more and more uh, known for their health benefits and, and the fact yeah. that they're tasty. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, lots yeah, of really yeah. tasty mushrooms. Yeah, big time. And in season, and they're they're healthy, they're nutritious. Yeah. Great yeah. source of great source of what? So protein, vitamin D, selenium. selenium. Yeah, vitamin D, huge amount of vitamin D, selenium. Yeah. 
they're one of our they're one of our really only sources of selenium in, in, in our diet natural sources. I didn't realize that actually. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. uh, they, they will be the I think the they're the highest selenium in our diet. Oh really? Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah, Brazil nuts is a big concern of Brazil nuts losing their selenium. Yeah. And it used to be the case that one or two Brazil nuts could give you something like 100 micrograms of selenium, and I think that's dropped off to like some Brazil nuts just literally don't exhibit Re any yeah. selenium at all. This is one of those nutrients that has to be in the soil local. Uh, uh, to, yeah. To, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and so I, I suppose mushrooms are kind of uniquely placed because they can access extract that selenium such a wider yeah wider kind of like whatever i remember mm. hearing ray Mews talk once and say that if you're in a wild situation that it's not worth the calories it takes to hunt for a mushroom <laughs> to <laughs> eat the mushroom oh right so that's kind of contrary to well they're low they're, they're, they're not they're high calories energy. so there's no fat there's no yeah. but um, that's a kind of an old school approach to nutrition to yeah say isn't that, it that, i mean because a calorie is what's required to increase a liter of water's heat by one degree that is one calorie you know it's got nothing to do with what your human body actually requires and that's why calories as a as a, as a concept a, a, yeah as a, as a nutritional reference point or a, a mythological like totally mythological because we know you know our bodies are electrical beings it's not just about you know carbohydrates and consumption of calories i don't know yeah so I'd definitely i mean i would i wanted to spell it straight away right yeah. shut up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, really if you're looking for calories you're not you know I'm sure you can find things that are high. That, yeah, you will find things. Can we just put it's hard. So, but mushrooms are, uh, they, you know, they're very nutritious. Yeah. Um, and low fat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like in terms of so other benefits, so medicinal benefits are some of the things that we and then we're not making claims here. We'll just take one of those moments where we we're not making claims or recommendations medicinally here. But talk to us a little bit about some of the research that is around mushrooms and the medicinal kind of. Yeah. So, well, turkey tails would be one of the big ones, and they're they're using turkey tails have been used since the 80s in Japan yeah. in cancer treatment yeah. it's they don't as an adjunct therapy okay. to chemo and radiotherapy yeah um, so it supports the activity of chemo or that's what yeah. that's what they, they use yeah it for. i think it, i think it uh, it improves the recovery time and okay. makes it easier um, but also there's anti tumor effects, I believe is the reason they yeah, use yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm not a medical person so I'm not I know, I, I believe I may have read. I have read these online. things. I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah, certainly yeah, people sure people people uh, believe in them yeah. and, and in Japan the Department of Health pays for them Absolutely. to be used. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, amazing, isn't it? And they take like things like what lantern from the shiitakes and they use that yeah. specifically in oncology. Yeah. But also the FDA in the States now there's there's currently a um, a trial, clinical trial going on with turkey tails in the States. Cool. Are um, they human level yet? Uh, with humans, yeah. That's yeah. serious. Bastard University um, under a professor of oncology. Great. Can you yeah, find turkey tails anywhere? You you can actually, yeah, they're quite easy to find in season. But the, the, the outside of the outside of uh, the kind of uh, autumn maybe a little bit into a little bit before a little bit after you you, you won't they, they kind of break down a bit okay okay but you'll get them in season yeah they're yeah, quite yeah. common okay so obviously like cancer is one of those things that people talk about medicinal mushrooms any any other kind of particular benefits that you're the other one the other one that we're seeing is um lion's mane and yeah. um people with um neurogenerative uh, conditions and like yeah. ms and things like yeah. that yeah. Uh, are, are seem to be getting great benefit from lion's mane yeah. and, and there's there's um, also people um, recovering from strokes and things like that and, yeah, and nerve damage. Yeah, and, and the lion's mane is amazing looking, isn't it? Beautiful looking. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. looking mushroom. Stunning looking. A tasty yeah. mushroom. Is it? I've never yeah. eaten it. We tried to order some our, uh, one of our Dutch um, uh, organic veg suppliers actually has lion's mane listed this, this year mm. at um, well, cost was like 
was it 20 euros a kilo or something maybe maybe well, 20 euros a piece sorry when a kilo I've grown them yeah. I've, but have they're really? yeah but they're um, and what do they cook I, I've never seen them wild okay, in yeah. Ireland yeah so um, I, I think they do grow but I've never seen them yeah I heard um, uh, what's his name Jeff uh, what's his name? The guy who was at the mushroom camps last year, Jeff. Not I'm not saying Jeff Dunham. It's not Dunham. Anyway, he he was running a a walk or he was hosting a walk a mushroom hunt in St Anne's Park last year, and I believe Lion's Mane was found. Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, I, I, that's good. Yeah, I I'm, yeah. I know there, that or there are Lion's Mane, and yeah. I probably know it from yeah. talking to him actually. Yeah. What sort of trees do they grow? On? Um, or I'm or not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think they they may grow in different trees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I've never gone out looking for them in the wild. I, I mean, we go out looking, and, and I've never seen them, so I've never kind of factored them into our yeah what we're likely to find. Okay, okay, yeah. What are the most common ones that you're likely to find? Yeah. Um, well, growing out of trees, you've got you know the chicken of the woods. You've got oh, yeah. the beefsteak fungus, which are both is good eaters. Reishi? No. 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 Chicken no. of the woods is good, but oh no, it's um, maitake. No, maitake is is is, is, no? is the uh, hen of the woods, oh, sorry. Oh, they're which grows at the base of the tree. Okay. The, the, you'll see the maitakes at the base of the tree. Yeah. Lovely edible mushroom. Okay. And yes, the one that they've used for medicinal purposes. And yeah. um, then you've got the the chicken of the woods grows out of the trunk of the tree. Okay. Okay. It's a kind of a yellow, very beautiful looking mushroom. Okay. Has the texture and flavour of chicken. Really. Amazing. Unbelievable. So kind of tears. In like yes, yeah, fibers, it does. Yeah, fibers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could you you could put it on someone's plate. Yeah. And they'd be, you know, they'd be hard pressed to identify it as not being chicken. Wow. Really? Yeah, cause I tried uh, like kind of braising uh, what was oyster mushrooms recently. So people were saying it kind of works like pulled pork, and it kind of does, but it's a bit light. It's not that kind of like real meaty dense yeah. kind of oyster mm. mushrooms. A bit light. Um, that's cool. So what what other what other mushrooms are? But by the way, you should what? never eat a mushroom oh. that grows off a yew tree. Oh yeah. So that's if they're growing off a yew tree. They're poisonous. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. yew trees are poisonous. This, was okay. it taxin or what's it called? Tax Taxol. Taxol. That's yeah. the yeah, the specific like yew trees were used in medicinal medicine by like Druid in Druidic times to, to sterilize people, to sterilize um, young women if they wanted to abort a fetus. Really? They'd use yeah, you and you is also one of the interesting ones that's used as a very fringe therapy, I think, along in, in, in cancer as well. So well like, Taxol is is I think one of the chemotherapy yeah. uh, drugs. Yeah, powerful thing. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So you don't want to be eating so that stuff. We'll avoid that. that stuff. If you don't know what a yew tree looks like, look for the red berries, or just like don't go near it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't, don't pick mushrooms on your. Don't eat anything from a yew tree. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. Um, so what other ones are most common when you're on the hunts? So on, on the ground. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we're looking for the great eaters like the the porcini, yeah. the porcini sap penny bun, which is the same mushroom. Cool. The chanterelles, the parasols, yeah. the the lovely bluets that yeah. you get at this time of year. They're nice sweet mushroom. Uh, a lilac color. It's right here. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's, here's one I picked. Here's one I picked earlier. Literally, yesterday. Yeah, we got we got things like chanterelles in here. Okay. Like these nice. guys. Yeah, lovely. Okay, yeah. great. Those are chanterelles. So chanterelles, they're. I mean, why why have they got a French name? Were they found in France first, or was there? Yeah, like probably named yeah. in France. I think they. There's a winter chanterelle. Oh, that's beautiful. You can call that a yellow leg as well. Nice. And see Greetings. why. See how beautiful that is. I can see the. Yeah, it's stunning actually. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, you can get it under the frills. So, what, what what's the purpose of those? Is that the gills or where the spores yeah, come yeah. from? Is that That's it? That's the hymenium, the the spore-producing surface. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mushrooms are are very effective at uh, propagating themselves through the distribution of their spores. Okay, yeah. So they have all kinds of elaborate ways of spreading spores. Gotcha. Okay, magic. Nice. Um, nice one. Yeah. So they're two of the good ones. Many. I mean, we have bits of puffballs and things like that in here. Puffballs. You know, you're not yeah, a big yeah, fan of eating the puffballs. No, no, they're fine. Actually, those ones are good. Some of them are a little okay. bit. You know, so like, you, like eating, eating airboard or polystyrene. So you want to put a lot of moisture in if you want to like make them nice and juicy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, if you break up those puffballs and fry them on the pan, they're they're they're, they're fine. They're, they're decent, good. Yeah, they're nice. But you, like you were saying, you test a puffball as well. So like if it if it's mildly feels kind of hollow and kind of like polystyrene, then it's kind of gone over. Is that right? It should have some kind of gear. Yeah, if it's if it's sporulating, if it's puffing spores, yeah. then it's gone too far. Oh, okay, really? Because okay. we oh, used okay. to spend ages jumping on them as kids. Well, I mean, that's a good thing to do with them when they go that far, because you're helping them spread, spread their spores. Their spores. Just maybe hold your breath, because, you know... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, people can react to the spores, yeah. Yeah. If you, you know, don't puff them in your face. There's a lot of uh, talk about reishi spore these days, reishi spore powder, as opposed to Yeah, kind of I see that, yeah. Or, which apparently there's some sort of what is it? It's like 700 times more immune activity from a spore weight for weight from the reishi spore than it is from the reishi fruiting body, which is... Yeah, that's interesting because I know the spores of some mushrooms are don't have the same uh, qualities as the mushroom. Oh, really? So some of the toxic mushrooms, their spores aren't toxic. And how would you get a spore? <laughs> how would you, like... Well, you get a spore print. You can, you can I mean, on a kind of a... Well, I mean, any mushroom. These mushrooms are kind of a little bit awkward, but like with a cap mushroom, you just you lay them on a piece of paper, okay. and usually use a color that, if you know the color of the spores on these, use a color that will show up. So if okay. they're white spores, put them on black paper or dark paper, okay. and then they'll, they'll put a glass over them or something over them to, to cover them from the wind, and uh, leave them for a few hours, and you'll see they'll shed spores. You'll see this little powder and the... Wow. Yeah. Cool. You you can see spores with well I mean you can see them with puffballs but you can often see spores if you look very closely and the light is right you see spores coming out of mushrooms. But if you were talking about like the benefits of how they harvest the yeah, spores from how would they, they then they fall if you see reishi growing on a tree you'll always notice there's these these kind of it almost looks like a dye uh, runoff down the tree. But oh, it's really? yeah it's all the powder from the spores falling down on the tree. Okay amazing. And then people would what eat them. You can yeah. brush them off. Just you can brush them off. Encapsulate them in this okay. Brush them off and put them in a capsule, probably. Yeah. Seems like you'd have to get yeah. so much to get. Yeah, you get huge amounts of spores from them. Really? Yeah, yeah. Is, is reishi is, is birch polypore and reishi are they kind of related or is there a? But uh, I, 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 not really. No, okay. uh, I mean, just um, the fact they grow in the same kind of style. A, a reishi is a ganoderma. ganoderma. Okay. Yeah. Um, a birch polypore is. Um, is, is a different, a different type. Species, yeah. okay. It's a bracket fungus, and, by, and, and we use birch polypore to make a tea that's very good for colds and things like that. It's okay. antiviral, yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean it, it works extremely well for us oh, nice. um, to do that. And so with birch polypore, one of the things I think it was the birch polypore you had last or last week when we were on the forage, you or, or uh, the guy who was with you, Craig. Yeah. Yes. Um, What's Craig's Facebook name again? Warrell. Craig Warrell, amazing uh, yeah. foraging expert, really interesting yeah. guy as well, really good fun. Yeah. Um, knows his mushrooms. Really knows his mushrooms. Uh, and is willing to talk about the mistakes he's made as well. Knows how to cook too. Yeah, it does know how to cook. That oh, was yeah. fun, wasn't it? I mean, you made, you made like uh, sep powder and all sorts yeah, of like sep oil. He made a sep tart that was very oh, good. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah, yeah. 
uh, next time. But he was talking about how you like you take a strip off. I think it was the birch polypore, and you can use it as a plaster. Yeah, that's amazing. It's antiseptic, and it's, it's and it's like it actually holds. Yeah, it, it, it holds. It sticks, sticks like together. Really, yeah, and then it kind of dries and solidifies around the finger. Like so, if you were to cut, it's uh, the, the perfect idea as a plaster. Yeah. Wow, it's a great idea. And uh, that's um, Otzi, isn't it? The 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 ice man that yeah, they found. This is, yeah, this we're going to ask you he, next. He was carrying two two mushrooms. And one of them in in a uh, you know on on a leather tie around yeah. his neck. Yeah. So they were obviously very relevant, very important to him. Yeah. And um, one of them was the the birch polypore, which he they reckon he it was being used for medicinal purposes. Amazing, amazing. Like the, so they also he also had another one that they reckon was used for tinder for starting fires. That's it. And he had little like little pine cones as well that were still smoldering apparently that held oh, okay. a little. They were actually they believed that they were still smoldering in his in his oh. pack when he was climbing through the snow at yeah. what was the altitude? Some insane altitude he was found at. Really? Uh, that's why he was so well preserved. That Iceman things. That's an amazing story. Yeah, yeah. Really, and there was there was all sorts of things like the the steel in his blade. Was something that shouldn't have been around yet, and it was from a totally different part of the world. There's all sorts of weird conundrums around that. Though. Iron probably was it. Was something like that because I think he's was he pre-Iron Age or just something, yeah. something like that. Something. But there's there's, there's he, he kind of confounds a lot of historians. Like a lot of the he just proves some of the theories. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of our history is theory, isn't it? It's yeah. not not real nice. stuff necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, fascinating. So, uh, like one of the things uh, Lydia was talking to you off camera about was about like your relationship to foraging and, and why you feel it's an important thing and what like what it does for you and what it think it holds mm. we were talking a little bit about like when you were a child and yeah. how your childhood was and how you were out in the fields barefoot yeah. running around and and yeah. having that connection to land and to yeah nature. yeah when i was a child we spent a lot of time out in the wild and climbing trees and fishing and swimming and yeah, foraging to a certain extent, whether well, it might be raiding orchard type foraging, but it could be <laughs> any type of foraging, and even yeah. mushrooms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and I and that did give us like you know we'd know the birds, and I'd know you'd know a bird's nest, you'd know to identify, you'd know the the types of eggs, and you knew, so you knew about nature, and you knew the complexity of nature, and you knew the beauty of nature, and I think that that's something that's vital to our health and yeah. to our, our, our because it gives us in in difficult times it gives us a kind of a base level where you realize you're just a part of all of this yeah. you know whereas in in our in our more uh, modern technology world i suppose we see ourselves as the as the pinnacle of it yeah but in reality we're just a part of it so yeah. and there's something really i mean now kind of depression rates are higher than ever suicide rates are pretty high and mm. a lot of that's to do with that feeling of loneliness yeah. and and lack of connection right? yeah. and I think um, when you have a belief system or you have a practical application of that understanding that we're part of a greater whole that we're not this one individual mm. thing that's lonely over here yes that yeah. actually we're part of this big network of mm. connection it can be such a comforting thing yeah. that then on those days I know for me on those days where your mind's playing tricks on you if you get out and walk in nature for an hour at the end you go okay well, actually that tree has seen so many things mm. and my little little tiny piddling thing yeah, that's bothering me yeah. you know that tree's still going to be there and mm. I'm going to be gone and, and it is just it's comforting it, it gives you a perspective and you know fungi is an ideal way of getting that appreciation because it more or less interacts with everything mm. so all the plants the birds the insects everything around us is interacting and fungi is a part of that so it's it's um, 
if you take an interest, and we have some children who come on our courses and, and on our days, and they that are really get, enjoy learning about fungi, but you know that that brings them then in other directions, yeah. and it yeah, yeah, makes yeah. them realize, holy moly, you know, what about all these trees? How do they yeah, all work? How is, yeah, yeah. how is everything exchanging this, exchanging that, and these insects getting infected and dying from fungi, and then others feeding on it? And yeah. Animals feeding on it, and you know all the, the different effects. Yeah. And all the I remember when Avatar came out, and everyone was like, "Oh wow, Avatar! Isn't that so amazing that the that the forests are connected and they're all talking to each other?" And they were going, "God, that would be amazing! You know, it's so yeah. beautiful." And you're like, "No, that, no, that that's actually what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that's some made-up mythical thing. It's, that's what's going on in your back garden, unless you're spraying it. Yeah. You know, in any little patch of soil, that's what's going on. Yeah. You know, everything from the worms to the fungi to the bacteria to the, your soil is full of all of these things, and, yeah. and the plants are feeding off them, and you're feeding off the plants. And yeah. And that was it. There was another thing that you said that was really nice. I was saying, you know, it's so important. I mean, foraging's become this sort of buzzword, which is nice because it means more people are foraging, but I think, you know, it can become sort of a trendy thing to do without. Mm like an understanding of why one might forage mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. the greater meaning behind that is. And we, I was saying, you know, because this is our land and this is a connection, you know, mm. it's in our blood, it's in our bones. Mm -hmm. and, and you were saying, well, it is us. It's, it's in our lungs. It's, in it's our, our microbiome. There's a microbiome in our lungs. Yeah. There's a, a microbiome in our stomach. We're, we're exchanging with what's around us all the time. So we are of it and it is of us. Yeah. So, so it's a vested interest in us to yeah. mind our planet. Yeah, because yeah, it is yeah. us. Yeah. Is there anything you, you you've heard about like mold toxicity and that sort of stuff? Environmental mold toxicity. Is there anything like on that stuff that you've kind of read on or? or no, I know that mold can be can be yeah. damaging to it's people. It's just funny that there's like you know when you evolve with something, you evolve with the species for so long mm. to the point where so many of them are beneficial, that there's still ones out there that are like well, I suppose it's the same in the planet. There's loads of people maybe that aren't that are a bit toxic. Together. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's lots of fungi uh, that are toxic. Yeah, uh, and molds and and mold spores and that. Yeah, are, are can be toxic to uh, some people and uh, some to all people. Yeah. So are the theories around that why that might have happened? As well? I I I um. Do you think I, I, I don't I don't know of any, um, but I'm sure there must be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Is it is it a protective thing for the fungi yeah. or? You know this theory about fungi releasing bacteria and viruses relative to the. What's going on above the ground? Have oh, you heard this? No. no. That there's a, you know, all, so all the bacteria and viruses and all that are in the ground uh, around us. And um, they're saying that fungi is kind of a gateway that can release it from the ground, depending. So if, say, there's an overpopulation of something above Ooh, the ground, interesting. They, they're the gatekeeper and they can release Whoa. certain viruses that can thin down thin. the population of a certain. Like a natural culling. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that makes you really respect it a little bit more. <laughs> Absolutely. Golly. The god of uh, the mushrooms are in control. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. the more you the more you look into it, the more I mean, fungal spores are capable of space travel. And fungal spores are everywhere. So everywhere that they they are they are resilient. Yeah. So, you know, they would survive uh, on an asteroid, yeah. if this planet, God forbid, was to uh, you know disintegrate, um, fungal spores can survive, 
and they would survive pa space travel and could and could survive you know so possibly forget being about deposited. Well, I, and in, in clean room environments, they'll tell you the hardest thing to exclude are fungal spores. Okay. Really? So they, they, you know, they have to. Pervasive thing. They're very pervasive. That's magic. I would maybe tell you one of the things you made a little bit of reference to earlier on was about um, the cordyceps mushroom. I think it was about you were talking about how, you know, kids seeing kind of like ants dying and mushrooms involved and all that. Can you explain maybe that relationship? Because that's one of Where those the, the more. The cordyceps changes changes the behavior of the of the the yeah. ant. Yeah. And it, so cordyceps, it's a fungus that infects ants, mm -hmm. and they, the ants, when they're infected, it changes their behavior, and they'll they it, it will force them or influence them to climb to the highest point around them. Mm -hmm. So that's usually the top of a tree or a bush, and then they they lock their mandibles in at the top. And at that stage, a little shoot, like a mushroom shoot, comes out of the head, killing it, mm. and and then rain spores back down onto the colony. So if you think about it, it's about what? the most effective That's way amazing. of infecting the rest of the colony. Mm. And if soldier ants notice that behavior change in an ant, they will take the ant, bring it away from the the, the ant nest, kill it, and then kill themselves. That's how. Isn't that amazing? Seriously, that amazing? they take it. That is absolutely yeah. amazing. It's Harry Curie. It's kind of like Japanese culture, mm. isn't it? It really is. Yeah, very much so. To the greater good to of the, the greater colony. To the greater good of the whole colony. Mm. I mean, it just yeah, it gives you a sense of like how protective ants are being and how conscious of the power of mushrooms they are. And conscious of the pack. Conscious of the pack, yeah. Which yeah. we aren't. Yeah, which we're not. <laughs> we're like yeah. individualist. Yeah, we? yeah. I feel like I feel like mushrooms are a great way for us to kind of like societally reconnect as well like one yeah. of the things about mushroom hunt that you're doing i mean they're really growing they're like there's 50 people wanted you said you there was 80 people at the one most recent yeah we yeah we'd have we'd have i mean we're turning people away yeah. i mean i had so. people who wanted to go and you're on we were ringing up trying to get them on and they couldn't yeah. there was no yeah, space out, yeah yeah, they're, 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 yeah they're, they're, there's a lot of interest yeah and you're like but we do a good you know it's a good day with lots of uh, you know it's it's i think it's an entertaining it day you've been on the thing you know oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and you've got food, and you've got yeah. you know you've got lunch, and you're in a lovely environment, and, and you're out in nature, and, yeah. you, and you you pick up a few things, you learn a few things yeah. on the day, and really the idea is to pique people's interest and give them an idea of what the fungal, the whole fungal thing is in the context uh, of the world, but then also mushrooms in the context of the of the fungi kingdom. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. it is, seems like it's such yeah. a, a great way to. Uh, a great analogy around health and wellness that if you are doing sort of you're wanting to bring health and wellness into a workplace or mm. into your family mm. or whatever rather than going like hey it's really important that we look after our community and that we look after what we eat and our body and all of this stuff to bring them out on a mushroom hunt and to learn yeah. that stuff that you're talking yeah. to about us they're learning by osmosis that mm. stuff but it's it's filtering in there like oh yeah and on. you get everything from there's lots of laughs around psychedelic mushrooms yeah. and there's yeah. all kinds of stories and yeah. there's you know yeah Santa Claus and flying reindeer and you know Maybe how do you, you know how to you know how to make a reindeer fly so We'll have to now. We'll have to just put a caveat on this one. If yeah. anybody's listening who has maybe children, maybe this is the time. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know where you think I'm going to go on this one. I mean, I'm talking about making reindeer fly. Well, okay. okay. Well, okay. I, this is enables. Fly. I'm talking about enabling Santa Claus. Well, so, well, what does Santa they, Claus rely on? Santa Claus, the reindeers know to eat fly garlic mushrooms. Okay. And they're the red which, and which white mushrooms. Fly agaric. You're the red ones with the white spots. In the oh, the ones we were talking about the other day. And then that. That is actually what enables reindeers to fly. Wow! Really? Yeah. Potent. Yeah, it's a psychoactive mushroom, and it, that's what it does to reindeers. 
I'm and they do. You will see reindeers jumping around the field yeah. when they've eaten them. It's mad. It's like, really mad. And there's, yeah. isn't there something? And that is one of the perceptions of that that psychoactive substance is it gives the impression that you are, you know, people. I've heard, I've heard accounts of it. People who take steps think that you know they're taking huge steps as yeah, if yeah, they're yeah. taking <laughs> off. <and that. laughs> so there's definitely. I'm giant step. But there's a whole association of that mushroom and yeah. Christmas and yeah. The Sami in, in, in Siberia and the Arctic um, and everything from Santa Claus coming through the chimney and the, Tell all us. that. Well, this, the, so the Sami uh, drink this. In, in, in the winter, they, they actually collect the urine of the reindeers. Now, this isn't, you know, and, and that's got the psychoactive substance in it. Yeah. Imagine but it's taken it out the poisonous stuff, that's has it? it? And it's removed the poisonous that's stuff. The reason why they're drinking the weed. The, the, exactly, that's, that's so what I'm trying to get across. And they here. ferment it in the stomachs. <laughs> in deer stomachs which they store stuff in and it's they keep it then and in the winter time they have their yurts full of this stuff yeah, yeah. and they then the, the snows come and and it's 24 7 dark outside so they go into kind of a hibernation as i suppose do the reindeers yeah and they drink this in their yurts as the snow builds up on the outside and it's soporific and it makes them almost comatose and they go into a kind of a hibernation and oh, you know when they wake wow. up they drink a bit more and they sleep for another couple of days and I'm kind of ideal I mean that's what you want to do over winter but, the, but uh, spiritually they say that it that it also gives them a connection at that time with the reindeer so the reindeer also eat it wow um, and then they have and then obviously the only way to get in and out of the earth as the snow builds up is through the smoke hole or the that's chimney that's that's so you have you have them coming, you know, if they have to go from one year to another, they have to go through the, the chimney. Uh, and they come through the chimney with gifts. And wasn't there something about why we hang bogles on trees? And, and then the oh, okay. same people, when they're passing through the pine woods, they'll take up, they take up the flygaric mushrooms, which are red and white, and they stick them on the end of branches. Yeah. And then they dry out on the ends of the branches. And the next time they're passing through that area, mm. you can take them dried off the, the branches. Uh, but they look like bubbles on a Christmas tree. And they look tree. like bubbles on a Christmas tree. So there's uh, the whole Christmas so story beautiful. is there. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's so yeah. weird. Mushrooms at the centre of everything. Pretty much, yeah. exactly. Every fairy yeah. tale you ever thought of. Yeah, I mean, probably. Santa Claus lives just a bit north of there. So yeah, 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 yeah. that would be the culture that he's been Part brought up. Gig. That's his thing. And he wears red and white. Place. Yeah, he's yeah, a trippy he guy. So yeah, <laughs> he likes those mushrooms. He, obviously, you know. <laughs> he was like, what shall I dress in? I know. I know, yeah, exactly. Those mushrooms if are pretty gonna, good. Yeah. If you've got, you got to cover the world in one night, yeah, you know, yeah. and you've got to get your reindeers. you got to have some serious feel. you got to, you know, <laughs> there's... It's got to be some magic involved. Yeah, it has. It's nice. <laughs> That's cool. Listen, thank you so much, Bill, for talking to us. It's You're been very welcome. Really fascinating. Really, uh, and for me as a mushroom novice, it's that's just I'm excited now. Yeah. Good. Good. Really well, excited. Learn more. Come on, one of our mushroom hunts. I will. I will. <laughs> I will. I will. So if you want to find out more about uh, Bill's mushroom hunts, you go on to mushroomstuff.com. Mushroomstuff.com. Yeah. yeah. And you're on Instagram uh, too. We're on Instagram at mushroom stuff. We're on. Twitter at Mushroom Stuff, yeah. or Facebook yeah. Mushroom Stuff. And so if you have... So just Mushroom Stuff. And if you can't think of Mushroom Stuff, just look up mushroom.ie. That's pretty good. You've got them all covered. That's well done. Somebody works in tech, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Listen, thanks again for... Thank for you so much, Phil. That was an amazing chat. Man. Okay, you're welcome. And thank you guys for watching. Cheers. We'll thank see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>